Section 28, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Volume 3, Section 28. When it was the one hundred and eighty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kamar al-Zaman said to himself, By Allah, when I see dawn, I will say to my sire, Marry me to her, that I may enjoy her. Nor will I let half the day pass ere I possess her, and take my fill of her beauty and loveliness. Then he bent over Budur to Busser whereat the genii maimunah trembled and was abashed and danash the ifrit was like to fly for joy but as kamar al-zaman was about to kiss her upon the mouth he was ashamed before allah and turned away his head and averted his face saying to his heart have patience then he took thought a while and said i will be patient haply my father when he was wroth with me and sent me to this jail may have brought my young lady and made her lie by my side to try me with her and may have charged her not to be readily awakened when i would arouse her and may have said to her whatever thing kamar al-zaman do to thee make me ware thereof or belike my sire standeth hidden in some stead whence being himself unseen he can see all i do with this young lady and to-morrow he will scold me and cry how cometh it that thou sayest i have no mind to marry and yet thou didst kiss and embrace yonder damsel so i will withhold myself lest i be ashamed before my sire and the right and proper thing to do is not to touch her at this present nor even to look upon her except to take from her somewhat which shall serve as a token to me and a memorial of her, that some sign endure between me and her. Then Kamar al-Zaman raised the young lady's hand, and took from her little finger a seal-ring, worth an immense amount of money, for that it besealed was a precious jewel, and around it were graven these couplets. Count not that I your promises forgot, despite the length of your delinquencies. Be generous, O my lord, to me inclining. Haply your mouth and cheeks these lips may kiss. By Allah never will I relinquish you. All be you will transgress love's boundaries. Then Kamar al-Zaman took the seal-ring from the little finger of Queen Budur, and set it on his own. Then, turning his back to her, went to sleep. When Maimunah the genii saw this, she was glad, and said to Danash and Kashkash, Saw ye how my beloved Kamar al-Zaman bore himself chastely towards this young lady? Verily, this was of the perfection of his good gifts, for observe you twain how he looked on her, and noted her beauty and loveliness, and yet embraced her not, neither kissed her, nor put his hand to her, but turned his back and slept answered they even so thereupon maimunah changed herself into a flea and entering into the raiment of budur the loved of danash 
crept up her calf and came upon her thigh and reaching a place some four carats below her navel there bit her thereupon she opened her eyes and sitting up in bed saw a youth lying beside her and breathing heavily in his sleep the loveliest of almighty allah's creatures with eyes that put to shame the fairest houris of heaven and a mouth like solomon's seal whose water was sweeter to the taste and more efficacious than theriac and lips the color of coral stone and cheeks like the blood-red anemone even as saith one describing him in these couplets my mind's withdrawn from Sinab and Nawar, by rosy cheeks that growth of myrtle bear. I love a fawn, a tunic-vested boy, and leave the love of bracelet-wearing fair. My mate in hall and closet is unlike, her that I play with as at home we pair. O thou who blamest my flight from Hind and Sinab, the cause is clear as dawn uplighting air wouldst have me fare a slave the thrall of thrall cribbed pent confined behind the bar and wall now when prince budur saw him she was seized by a transport of passion and yearning and love-longing and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the one hundred and eighty-fifth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when Princess Budur saw Kamar al-Zaman, she was forthwith seized with a transport of passion and yearning and love-longing, and she said to herself, Alas, my shame! This is a strange youth, and I know him not. How cometh he to be lying by my side on one bed? Then she looked at him a second time, and noting his beauty and loveliness, said, By Allah, he is indeed a comely youth and my heart is well-nigh torn in sunder with longing for him. But, alas, how am I shamed by him! By the Almighty, had I known it was this youth who sought me in marriage of my father, I had not rejected him, but I had wived with him and enjoyed his loveliness. Then she gazed in his face and said, O my Lord, and light of mine eyes, awake from sleep and take thy pleasure in my beauty and grace and she moved him with her hand but maimonah the genii let down sleep upon him as it were a curtain and pressed heavily on his head with her wings so that kamar al-zaman awoke not then princess budur shook him with her hands and said my life on thee hearken to me awake and up from thy sleep and look on the narcissus and the tender down thereon, and enjoy the sight of naked waist and navel, and tussle me and tumble me from this moment till break of day. Allah upon thee, O my Lord, sit up and prop thee against the pillow, and slumber not. Still Kamar al-Saman made her no reply, but breathed hard in his sleep. Continued she, Alas, alas, thou art insolent in thy beauty and comeliness and grace and loving looks but if thou art handsome so am i handsome what then is this thou dost have they taught thee to float me or hath my father the wretched old fellow made thee swear not to speak to me to-night but kamar al-zaman opened not his mouth neither awoke 
whereat her passion for him redoubled, and Allah inflamed her heart with love of him. She stole one glance of eyes that cost her a thousand sighs, her heart fluttered, and her vitals throbbed, and her hands and feet quivered. And she said to Kamar al-Zaman, Talk to me, O my lord, speak to me, O my friend, answer me, O my beloved, and tell me thy name, for indeed thou hast ravished my wit. And during all this time he abode drowned in sleep, and answered her not a word. And Princess Budur sighed and said, Alas, alas, why art thou so proud and self-satisfied? Then she shook him, and turning his hand over, saw her seal-ring on his little finger, whereat she cried a loud cry, and followed it with a sigh of passion, and said, Alack, alack, by Allah, thou art my beloved, and thou lovest me, yet thou seemst to turn thee away from me, out of coquetry, for all, O oh my darling, thou camest to me, whilst I was asleep, and knew not what thou didst with me, and tookest my seal-ring, and yet I will not pull it off thy finger. So saying, she opened the bosom of his shirt, and bent over him, and kissed him, and put forth her hand to him, seeking somewhat that she might take as a token, but found nothing. Then she thrust her hand into his breast, and because of the smoothness of his body, it slipped down to his waist, and thence to his navel, and thence to his yard, whereupon her heart ached, and her vitals quivered, and lust was sore upon her, for that the desire of women is fiercer than the desire of men. And she was ashamed of her own shamelessness. Then she plucked his seal-ring from his finger, and put it on her own instead of the ring he had taken, and boosted his inner lips and hands. Nor did she leave any part of him unkissed, after which she took him to her breast, and embraced him, and laying one of her hands under his neck, and the other under his armpit, nestled close to him, and fell asleep by his side. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and eighty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Princess Budur fell asleep by the side of Kamar al-Saman, after doing that which she did, quoth Maimuna to Danash, Night thou, O accursed, how proudly and coquettishly my beloved bore himself! and how hotly and passionately thy mistress showed herself to my dearling. There can be no doubt that my beloved is handsomer than thine. Nevertheless I pardon thee. Then she wrote him a document of manumission, and turned to Kashkash and said, Go help Danash to take up his mistress, and aid him to carry her back to her own place, for the night waneth apace, and there is but little left of it. I hear and I obey, answered Kaskash. So the two Ifrits went forward to Princess Budur, and, upraising her, flew away with her. Then, bearing her back to her own place, they laid her on her bed, whilst Maimuna abode alone with Kamar al-Saman, gazing upon him as he slept, till the night was all but spent, when she went her way. 
As soon as morning morrowed, the prince awoke from sleep, and turned right and left, but found not the maiden by him, and said in his mind, What is this business? It is as if my father would incline me to marriage with the damsel who was with me, and have now taken her away by stealth, to the intent that my desire for wedlock may redouble. Then he called out to the eunuch who slept at the door, saying, Woe to thee, O damned one! Arise at once! So the eunuch rose, bemused with sleep, and brought him basin and ewer. Whereupon Kamar al-Zaman entered the water-closet, and did his need. Then, coming out, made the wuzu ablution, and prayed the dawn-prayer, after which he sat telling on his beads the ninety and nine names of Almighty Allah. Then he looked up, and seeing the eunuch standing in service upon him, said, Out on thee, O Sabab! Who was it came hither and took away the young lady from my side, and I still sleeping? Asked the eunuch, O oh, my lord, what manner of young lady? The young lady who lay with me last night, replied Kamar al-Saman. The eunuch was startled at his words, and said to him, By Allah, there hath been with thee neither young lady nor other. How should young lady have come in to thee, when I was sleeping in the doorway, and the door was locked? By Allah, O oh, my lord, neither male nor female hath come in to thee exclaimed the prince thou liest o pestilent slave is it of thy competence also to hoodwink me and refuse to tell me what is become of the young lady who lay with me last night and declined to inform me who took her away replied the eunuch and he was affrighted at him by allah o my lord i have seen neither young lady nor young lord his words only angered Kamar al-Saman the more, and he said to him, O accursed one, my father has indeed taught thee deceit. Come hither. So the eunuch came up to him, and the prince took him by the collar and dashed him to the ground, whereupon he let fly a loud fart, and Kamar al-Saman, kneeling upon him, kicked him and throttled him till he fainted away. Then he dragged him forth and tied him to the well-rope, and let him down like a bucket into the well, and plunged him into the water, and drew him up and lowered him down again. Now it was hard winter weather, and Kamar al-Saman ceased not to plunge the eunuch into the water, and pull him up again, and doze him and haul him, whilst he screamed and called for help. And the prince kept on, saying, By Allah, O damned one! I will not draw thee up out of this well till thou tell me and fully acquaint me with the story of the young lady, and who it was took her away whilst I slept. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and eighty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kamar al-Saman said to the eunuch, By Allah! I will not draw thee up out of this well, until thou tell me the story of the young lady, and who it was took her away whilst I slept. Answered the eunuch, after he had seen death staring him in the face, O oh, my lord, let me go, and I will relate to thee the truth and the whole tale. So Kamar al-Saman pulled him up out of the well, all but dead for suffering, what with cold and the pain of dipping and dosing.
drubbing and dread of drowning. He shook like cane in hurricanes, his teeth were clenched as by cramp, and his clothes were drenched and his body befouled and torn by the rough sides of the well. Briefly he was in a sad pickle. Now when Kamar al-Saman saw him in this sorry plight, he was concerned for him. But as soon as the eunuch found himself on the floor, he said to him, O oh, my lord, let me go and doff my clothes, and wring them out, and spread them in the sun to dry, and don others, after which I will return to thee forthwith, and tell thee the truth of the matter. Answered the prince, O oh, rascal slave, hadst thou not seen death face to face, never hadst thou confessed to fact, nor told me a word. But go now, and do thy will, and then come back to me at once, and tell me the truth. Thereupon the eunuch went out, hardly crediting his escape, and ceased not running, stumbling and rising in his haste, till he came in to King Shariman, whom he found sitting at talk with his vassir of Kamar al-Saman's case. The king was saying to the minister, I slept not last night for anxiety concerning my son, Kamar al-Saman, and indeed I fear lest some harm befall him in that old tower. What good was there in imprisoning him? Answered the wazir, Have no care for him. By Allah no harm will befall him, none at all. Leave him in prison for a month till his temper yield, and his spirit be broken, and he return to his senses. As the two spoke, behold, up rushed the eunuch, in the aforesaid plight, making to the king who was troubled at sight of him, and he cried, O our lord the sultan, verily thy son's wits are fled, and he hath gone mad. He hath dealt with me thus and thus, so that I am come as thou seest me. And he kept saying, A young lady lay with me this night, and stole away secretly whilst I slept where is she and he insisteth on my letting him know where she is and on my telling him who took her away but i have seen neither girl nor boy the door was locked all through the night for i slept before it with the key under my head and i opened to him in the morning with my own hand when king shariman heard this he cried out saying alas my son and he was enraged with sore rage against the wazir, who had been the cause of all this case, and said to him, Go up, bring me news of my son, and see what hath befallen his mind. So the wazir rose, and, stumbling over his long skirts in his fear of the king's wrath, hastened with the slave to the tower. Now the sun had risen, and when the minister came in to Kamar al-Saman, he found him sitting on the couch reciting the Koran. So he saluted him and seated himself by his side and said to him, O oh, my lord, this wretched eunuch brought us tidings which troubled and alarmed us and which incensed the king. Asked Kamar al-Saman, And what hath he told you of me to trouble my father? In good sooth he hath troubled none but me. Answered the wazir, he came to us in fulsome state, and told us of thee a thing which heaven forfend, and the slave added a lie which it befitteth not to repeat. Allah preserve thy youth and sound sense and tongue of eloquence, and forbid to come from thee aught of offence. Quoth the prince, 
o wazir and what thing did this pestilent slave say of me the minister replied he told us that thy wits had taken leave of thee and thou wouldst have it that a young lady lay with thee last night and thou wast instant with him to tell thee whither she went and thou didst torture him to that end but when kamar al-saman heard these words he was enraged with sore rage and he said to the wazir tis manifest to me in very deed that you people taught the eunuch to do as he did and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say end of section twenty eight of the book of a thousand nights and a night volume three read by lars rolander